0: This episode of the Maybe We Can Fix This podcast was originally recorded in 2016. Other than this intro and a new outro, no substantive changes have been made. I hope you enjoy. Name is morgan and welcome to the maybe we can fix this podcast this is a podcast about games that we liked but maybe missed the mark in some way they made some choice in development that we just think if had been done differently might have made a better game uh joining me this week to talk about fate extra is jake jake you want to say hello
1: hello my name is jake i'm morgan's roommate i'm currently recording this about 30 feet from where she's sitting yeah, it's a bit of a fun
0: first episode.
1: Yep, so this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Thanks for being on the show. Alright, so to start this off, Fate Extra. Um, this is a visual novel slash RPG for the PSP. It is in the Fate series of games, uh, started with the visual novel Fate Stay Night, and which many of our listeners might be f- more familiar with, with the anime adaptations, which include... Fate Zero, and Fate Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, but Fate Extra is takes a step away from the visual novel roots uh, and combines that heavy text-based uh, gameplay with running around in dungeons and grinding out using a combat system based around rock, paper, scissors. Uh, with attack, guard, and... Break. Break. Thank you. Uh, break being the three parts of that. The game takes place uh, in a virtual environment uh, being powered by a power source on the moon called the Moon Cell, and it tells the story of 128 uh, contestants battling out in life or death uh, combat in order to you know, win the tournament and gain the Holy Grail and therefore be able to grant any wish and gain whatever power they wish. Uh, you play as... Uh, one character who has amnesia and does not know why they are participating in the tournament, and you have your choice of three servants who will fight in your stead as all of the combat is done between these servants that are representations of uh, real and or fictional heroes in our worlds. These three are a saber archetype, an archer archetype, and
1: a caster archetype.
0: I think that, you know, basically is the game do you have anything to add to that
1: jake uh not a whole lot um for those of you who have watched the anime or read the visual novel of fates night and don't know about this game um i think it deviates from the original like in the past around 1800 and like the the explanation is like all magic was wiped out from the world so instead of having magic fights they have magic fights in a computer simulation um and that's sort of how they justify having um these fights take place in, in this computer
0: yeah that's probably an important point to add all right so jake we both played this game i think at this point neither of us have quite beaten it uh nope <laughs> i'm close i am close um and what i want to talk about has nothing to do with how the game is going to end but why don't you tell us why did you play Fate extra what did you like about it
1: okay um so i've played about i want to say a little over half of this game um which round of the tournament do you know? I think I was in the 4th round. Okay. Um so right before the right before the split I think happens. Yep. Um it's an 8 split.
0: round tournament for those who are, who are listening.
1: Um so the thing that drew me to this game is that I'm a fan of the Fate/stay night series. Um I a fan of the visual novel. I'm a fan of the anime. I have like 20 figures of Saber uh, lying around my room right now. Um so naturally when I found out that there was going to be a PSP game Um, another PSP game, I had naturally was like, okay, well, I want to play this because I'm a fan of the series. Um, so I actually didn't have a huge idea of what is, what I was getting into when I played this. Um, so all I knew was that it was sort of like an RPG story driven game, whereas the other existing PSP game is, uh, just a fighting game made by Capcom, I think. But, um... Uh, despite
0: not having any real expectations of what the game was, did you end up liking what the game was?
1: I think I liked it. I had a, I, I, I enjoyed what I played of it. Um, I think that um, a person's enjoyment of this game is like very, very proportional to how much they enjoy uh, Fate's Stay Night as a series. Um,
0: Why would you say that?
1: It's just like the um the general character design and aesthetic and atmosphere is really similar. Um, if it was a if it was a game without that sort of franchise character design backing, I'm not sure if I would have gone out of my way to play it. Um. So really, for me, the, to be fair, that stands was, for me as well. Yeah, what drew me to it was that was that fate tag. Um. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um but I did enjoy it. Um it was a very much story-based game, I think. It's is very story and dialogue driven. Uh it keeps a lot Without of visual voice acting, of course. Yeah. A lot <laughs> of visual novel elements, I think. Um and there are some good moments. Uh this game is the a lot more based on moments than it is on and like shock value than it is on general consistency. Um <laughs> Yeah, I
0: think I think that's fair to say, considering you have like a cannibalistic clown as one yeah. of your enemies. are we at do, one are, point. are we doing
1: spoilers for this game? Can we do spoilers for this game?
0: Um, I think we can do spoilers for this game. Wild, it's been out. For, it's been out for a while, and we won't be talking about the ending. Yeah, so.
1: we, neither of us really understand the ending. <laughs> um, so the there's there's um as Morgan mentioned, there's 128 like participants in this tournament, which um as you would expect would take eight rounds of single elimination um and sort of like for shock value um they will randomly like say like oh this servant took out like 90 of the other participants and something like that and if you actually do the math um it actually doesn't add up because there are more people like killed than they tell you exist in this game so that's sort of like an example of how um
0: Well, that said, they might be referring to the pre-selection process. They might be. Um, Because before it now is down to the 128, you have a pool. I don't know if they actually say the number of people who are kind of thrown into the simulation without their memories. And the people who figure out that it's a simulation and who they are and what to do to advance are the 128 that make it into the tournament. Right. Uh, the game actually has a false start where you play as a student that doesn't survive. Mm-hmm. So you play this roughly week of like pseudo-school life, and then die, and then start it again. And that's one of my favorite
1: things about this game, actually. I actually really like the I false start. I think it was fairly well done. Because I fell for um, it entirely. I thought I was the character that I was yeah. going to be playing as.
0: And unlike uh, several other games I won't mention for possible spoiler reasons with false starts, it wasn't that they... They never try to define this character that you would then miss or feel like you should have been able to play as them. It's just as much a blank slate as the character you do end up playing, so it kind of removes that level of like betrayal that the player might otherwise feel from the situation.
1: Yeah, I, I really like the opening to this game actually. Um, I think it was really well done. Other, it's a little long, but like if you're if you're into like dialogue and story driven things, um, the opening to this game is, I think is very good.
0: All right, with all that said. This game does have one glaring flaw, in my opinion. Okay. I mentioned that the combat is rock-paper-scissors based. That in itself isn't the problem. The problem is that this game is a typical grindy dungeon crawler. You have to grind out levels for hours on end against the same small handful of enemies in order to be strong enough to survive the actual tournament bouts against these enemy servants it was extremely typical in my experience at least to be spending you know two to four hours just training up for each fight and while grinding itself isn't a problematic thing in a game I think a lot of games revel in the fact that you have to grind having a combat system that is guesswork up until you've learned enough about the enemies for it to be just press a couple buttons and win. Doesn't really translate to a fulfilling, grinding experience.
1: Yeah. Would you agree, Jake? I would absolutely agree with that. I, I was, as you were saying, as you were leading into that, I, the the very words I was thinking was that it's not very rewarding. Um.
0: Yeah. If the gameplay isn't rewarding, and the reward at the end, it also isn't rewarding enough for the time you put into it. It feels too much like a slog, and I think. I put the game down for a long time because of this, and I'm pretty sure you did as well.
1: Right. Because you just I just didn't feel like playing rock, paper, scissors for that long. Um so the yeah. like, sort of like the way it works is <clears throat> when you go into combat in this game, um it displays your one enemy that you're fighting, and uh on the bottom of the screen it shows you sort of six uh six boxes like horizontally. And each of those boxes sort of represents a turn within your turn that you're taking it's like a it's like a step in your turn so every turn has six steps um so basically within each turn you're playing rock paper scissors six times um and so you'll you'll put out a sequence of six rock paper scissors inputs that you want to play and um a a small like an amount of the computer's inputs will be shown to you um, so, for example, it'll be like, oh, the second step he's going to use uh, block and like the third step he's going to attack or something like that.
0: And so then you know that you should use break and then guard. Right. And of so, course,
1: mm, what are you going to say?
0: I was just going to take over explaining it for a moment. OK, yeah. <laughs> um, and the way that you the way they determine how many of their moves are revealed to you is based on how many of that enemy type you've defeated. So you beat and I don't have the actual number in front of me. I never counted it. But let's say you beat 30 of this particular goblin though that's not actually enemy in the game. Now you will see not just one, not just two, but all six of their inputs. And so you just walk into the battle, you press six Does it actually buttons go up to just, six you can get all six. Oh my gosh. yep, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah because you just and it doesn't even say oh you know exactly what they're going to every time. I'll just end the combat and give you the experience and the money. You have to sit there and go through all the animations and actually input the buttons anyway.
1: Yeah. Um kind of the gist that I got out of the game is that they intended for you to sort of like um write down patterns. So like when, when you see like, oh, the third is attack and the fourth is block, then the whole sequence is gonna be attack, block, blah 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 blah. blah. Um because most yeah. most enemies in dungeons only have two or three attack patterns. Um and that, that itself is not a terrible idea. It sort of lends itself as, like, this kind of old school. You know, like, when you play an old game, and yeah. you have to, like, draw your maps on a piece of grid paper. I was... I sat there with having a notebook, and I was the like, enemy, okay. Right.
0: Having to study the enemy to know how they'll react and therefore know how you should react, that is not a bad idea for a game at all. It
1: actually kind of is what this game revolves around. Um, it is. Not just um, within dungeons, but also with its boss fights.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also with the boss fights. Uh... The servants that we've mentioned a few times, they don't reveal their name to their opponents because if you know their name, you might know what their super special noble phantasm attack is, and therefore you'd know how to counter it. And so each uh, week that that leads up to a bout against one of these servants and their master, you have not just the dungeon grinding, but this layer of trying to figure out who it is you're actually fighting. And how well you do figuring that out impacts how much of their attack pattern is shown when you actually go to fight them. And I think in the limited instances where you have that, that actually isn't a bad idea. Having to actually research and figure out who you're fighting makes could make for a very good puzzle, uh, if nothing else. And that's kind of where my solution to this game's grinding problem comes in so i would say remove the leveling completely and since narratively the servants shouldn't necessarily be able to change their strength levels in order to be better than each other it makes more sense that all these servants are kind of at a flat plane and it's the servant master combo being better at fighting and just better at strategizing who would win the day that's how it's kind of detailed because otherwise, since you're randomly assigned servants, you could just get the short end of the stick and lose. Hardly a fair tournament. So remove the level and completely remove. Maybe not remove the dungeons, but make them just exploration and not combat based. You might need to add a few more layers of tournament to flush it out. But what would really flush it out is you would take that idea of having to research your servant, and instead of it just being done through like. A couple of story events and maybe finding an item in the dungeon really work that into like an expanded visual novel of having uh the expanded visual novel effect of having to explore and pull in elements of adventure or puzzle games to have to know like in order to just you know decipher clues finding decipher clues and so if you're working on say robin hood who is one of the servants in there you might notice his clothing and have to go look up and, and to have to make the connection to check into a certain era of history and kind of narrow it down. In fact, that actually might be the best way to do it. You basically get a blanket list of these are p- people he might be and have to narrow it down before you get into that final battle.
1: Okay. Um, so basically you think it would be a good idea to sort of move towards like a mystery visual novel sort of like... Um... I almost want to say, like, Phoenix Wright-ish kind of game.
0: Almost, almost. I think it could take some elements from Phoenix Wright and make good use of them. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to move it less towards, you know, just a lot of hours against enemies that, frankly, aren't that interesting, and more focus on this one-on-one conflict between these two powerful and often mysterious entities. Um, And since the game and the combat system is themed around trying to predict what your opponent is doing making the non-combat sections themed around just trying to figure out who they are and what they might do, I think would work better thematically. I think it would tie back into the earlier entries in the series a lot better.
1: Okay. Hmm. So what are ways that you think it would be, um, so given, given that we're assembling information about these characters, um, what are ways that you think that the player would be able to, or like, should be able to sort of prepare? Like, say i know that um say i'm able to figure out that like my enemy is an archer or like something like that um what do you think are options that the game could give a player to sort of prepare for that um to to sort of like use the information
0: well part of uh do you mean when it comes to that final fight or just knowing that they're an archer how do they figure out who they are yeah
1: um no no like when it comes to the fight like how do we how do we take that um how do you think as a game it could take that. It could let the uh, let the player leverage that information.
0: Well, I think there'd be a couple of uh, ways they could go with that. Mm-hmm. They could either keep the current system, where the more you've learned, the more of their moves are revealed to to you, mm-hmm. and that way, uh, especially if you make it difficult or missable to learn some information about them, um, you're kind of Rewarding them for what they've learned with a very deliberate, here is an easier fight. The other way we could probably do it. <laughs> I suppose you could literally weaken the enemy, but that would be probably unfun.
1: Yeah, but you really, still want... that's kind of like the same thing as showing them showing you more of the. That's their true.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Like either either way, I'm no, you have this really good idea that I really like about. Making the discovery process of your like enemy of the week uh, much more story and narrative driven, but I want to know. I want like it would be really cool if there was some way to sort of take that narrative way of getting information and then like saying um, maybe if there was like different equips or something you could bring into battle, like oh this would counter something that does well this, or something like that.
0: You could make it
1: some way to like more dynamically use that information than just like um nominally decreasing like the difficulty
0: well what you could do is um maybe Hmm. so you're learning not about the character and by learning about the character you'll be learning about their fighting style and hopefully also what their noble phantasm is right right so maybe what you do is each round of the combat you it describes the body language of who you're fighting and you then tell your servant what type of pattern to use against them. Okay. So you you have to interpret that language based on what you've learned. And if you do it correctly, it reveals more of what they're about to do. If you do it incorrectly, it doesn't. Okay, that makes sense. So you have to actually have the information in front of you when you enter the battle. It's not just a... Oh, I read a bunch of text boxes, and I don't have to actually care what they said. Mm-hmm. I just have to know I read them all, and now I'm doing this fight. Okay, um, and that would be up to including having like a multi-layer one for having to avoid or diffuse or whatever their noble phantasm.
1: Okay. Um, I like that. I, I like what you said about like a visual cue from your enemy because that was sort of one of the things that I had in mind uh, as to, like, how I would fix this game. Um, I feel like... uh, We we talked about this very briefly, but I think we'd actually go in very opposite directions as far as how how we would want this game to get fixed. Um, Okay. Where your solution is kind of, like, to remove combat, um, like the grinding dungeon combat, and turn it into a more discovery, mystery-focused narrative thing. Um... I actually thought, aesthetically and atmospherically, uh, combat was actually one of the strengths of this game. Uh, it looks and sounds very pretty to hit things. Um, there's some really cool, like, hit-stop effects, you know, effects, you know I can give the you voice that. acting. I think there's voice acting in the combat, right? Um, and that's really cool. Um, yes. So, I really like having combat. I-, I like how combat looks and feels. I just don't like how it plays, is the thing. Yeah. Um, so the one of the okay. big things that I was sort of thinking about was, um, like assemble enough information, um, about an enemy. Like it's not rewarding to fight them anymore, right? Because all you're doing is putting in a predetermined string of of button presses. Um, what was I gonna say? Mm-hmm. It's like um, so I, I talked a little bit about how you, the I feel like the game wants you to like write down what the enemies do so that you can look at your list. Um, and the problem yeah. with that is, like, that's a cool, that's a really cool idea that I really like, um, and again, it's very old school, and the problem is that, uh, we're not really in the old school, um, age of games anymore, um, we have the internet, and it's just, so you remove all the difficulty and right. need for like, I didn't, I, and a, and I didn't want did. to pull up a, I didn't want to pull up a webpage, like, while doing it, but, like, at a certain point, I was like, well, it's the same thing, like, it doesn't. I don't feel like I'm doing anything different from writing it down myself and just going up and looking it up online because all I'm doing is the same thing over and over again. Um, and it's kind of why... I, it's just yeah, slightly um, less
0: work to look it up online.
1: Right. But it's work, it's not um, play. And that's kind of why I thought... My, why my mind sort of went towards uh, visual cues. Because um, the, en- the enemies in this game... Aside from the boss characters, are incredibly bland. Um, they're basically just polygons.
0: They're polygon shaped. They're sort like polygon like monsters, shaped polygons like all the time. One of them that's a reoccurring thing with just different colors it looks like a paper bag with arms. Wasn't there like a fish a or fish, something? There's like uh, weird yeah. angled birds and like they're not. Each um, of any of them by yes. themselves might have been fine, but together they just make a very unimpressive bunch of monsters.
1: It's the driest <laughs> cast of oh geez, it's just oh it's so dry. And and my my dream for the game would have been you fight 128 different servants, which is probably not, not feasible. Very, it's prob- it probably yeah, would have been feasible
0: not... to have more than you know seven or eight, but 128 right. is a tall order from a character design standpoint, if nothing else.
1: So given the fact that we are working with um very, very, very basic looking enemies, um, I sort of thought it'd be really cool if the enemy's next uh move was sort of telegraphed by like a visual thing because uh a- as bland as they are, like it's fun to look at the screen um because your character looks cool and the background looks cool. Um again, the game does a really good job with battle atmosphere. Like there's this really cool electronic jazz soundtrack yeah, yeah, to like it. I like the soundtrack. I, I really like the soundtrack so maybe, to this game. And sorry um, for
0: interrupting, but maybe one of the ways they could have mm-hmm. made this better was to simply remove that you're entering six inputs at once.
1: Yes, that's exactly where I was yeah, going to go with so this. Yeah, so
0: instead, they move and you react. Or even they move, you react, and then you move, they react. It's like a, a back and forth. Um, yep. it, it might be hard to I, make that fair, <laughs> depending on the AI difficulty,
1: but... Well, <laughs> Here's the thing, is like it's the grinding combat. It's not supposed to be fair, fair. You know? <laughs> um <laughs> Um, so what I was kinda of thinking was, um and this is this I this way of doing it didn't pop into my head until after we started this podcast, but um have you played um uh Crypt of the Necro I haven't
0: yet. I've watched a video or two and it's on my it's on my wish list, but I haven't actually picked okay, it up yet. So...
1: So, Crypt of the Necro Dancer is, is that what it's called? Am I getting the name right? Okay, so Crypt of the Necro Dancer is a rhythm dungeon crawling yep. game <laughs> where your inputs are to the beat of the music. Um, and this is a big stretch, but because I feel like the soundtrack and the the visuals were more of the strength of this game, I would kind of play to those and sort of have it be like um, more of like a Final Fantasy like bar where like. You have to put in an input based on what the enemy is doing on the screen, and then like every like four beats or so, both of you act, and then the rock paper scissors will go through. And as you fight an enemy more, um, you'll you'll know like oh when he, like makes a circle, he will do rock, so I should do paper. Um, and that kind that's of that's not a bad idea. I feel like that would make it satisfying to collect information because what I because would actually I'm be more kind of be going more for this idea, learning. It's like Mario and Luigi. The Mario and Luigi games is sort of what I'm shooting for with this idea. Gotcha. Um, where the enemies in that game will telegraph the attacks that they're about to and do, and you have to figure out how to, to react to them the, with
0: the characters. Yeah. Right.
1: So instead of instead of the timing of pressing, uh, instead of figuring out when to press one of two buttons, it's sort of just figuring out which of three buttons to press. Which is still like not the best thing in the world, but it,
0: it would feel um, more involved. If nothing else, it would feel more. Involved. Yeah,
1: and then also it's not. It wouldn't be like, it might not be the same pattern every time. Like different enemies could use like a like attack more often or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe there could be ones where you have to do multiple button presses. Like you'd have to memorize like a pattern. Like, oh, when he does this, he's going to attack twice. Like, or he's going to attack and then blah, you something like You could even like that. have multi-enemy combat. Um, yeah. Where, where they
0: act that at different cool. times and you have to react in time with each of them. Yep. Or even um, choose who to react to and who to take the
1: hit from. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah, um, just something, something that plays to those visual strengths. But like again, like I think I think you you took a different strength of the game, and wanted to play to that. That's fair. So I think that makes sense too. Hmm. Um, and that way you could keep levels because, um, like as you level up, like you wouldn't have to like play against the same enemy like so much to kill it. So like as you as you sort of learn the enemy, you're also leveling up your character, and then your character is able to. Take out those enemies that you've already learned. So, like when you've learned like a certain enemy, you don't have to like waste as much time like time as many turns killing it. You know what's gonna come. Your character is growing stronger. Yeah. Um, I sort of had an idea of how to how to fix the combat. It it doesn't fix any of the boss fights really. No.
0: Unless you kind of piece together from the information that you learn how they move instead of just who they are.
1: Yeah, and that's why I really liked what you said about. Getting information that could tell you about their their visual cues.
0: I mean, sometimes that could be as blatant as like you spy on the archer when they're in the archery range and study when they do and study just how they
1: act when they do different things.
0: And they'd have to add some more, possibly some more cutscene depth into that.
1: Just stuff like, oh, when he shoots a red arrow, it explodes. When he shoots a green arrow, it splits in more arrows. Yeah, something something silly,
0: but like they definitely could have gone into more depth about that.
1: Yeah, it might be silly, but it, it would at least it would it would get you a and little you bit more And you would have involved, a I fight
0: that 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 that's, that, that's blatant, that is that blatant and obvious as the oh, first or second that'd fight. That would be really cool. Because yeah. then you know what roughly to expect so you and then when it gets harder, you you're more likely to pick up on the nuances than you would if they sent someone against you the first time where you have to watch which finger mm-hmm. twitches, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Since, you know, they could play this out to like a punch out level of having to study the opponent
1: oh my gosh
0: which i mostly bring up because Mm. i've recently watched a video on punch out it's animation but that's (laughs) it's what it is
1: yeah i like that though like the because again like not just with the this game in particular but with fate i feel like the visuals have a pattern of being like one of the most uh the biggest draws of the series is sort of like the, the way action is animated. So that kind of puts an emphasis on that kind no, of that's stuff. Fair. Um, so that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the, the playable cast that you are uh, given see, in this game? That's, this is something I have to address. Yeah, so, no, that's fair. So you, t- you tell me, that's you tell fair. me what you so think. So at the start
0: of the game, you're given the option of three different servant characters. There is a saber, who is not the saber that's all over Jake's room. Um, though looks strikingly similar, same color hair, same rough build. There is an archer who seems to literally be the archer from Fate's Day Night. Um mm-hmm. and then there is a caster character that is, I want to say it's some sort of fox spirit. I never played as the caster. Um I haven't beaten the game, and so certainly haven't uh played it multiple times. And before Jake you know, rails against the, the playable characters here. I do want to mention that <laughs> in either of these scenarios, um, if you make the game kind of more engaging and also shorter because of, you know, the lack of grinding that's just kind of without purpose to increase a in number, you're more likely to play it multiple times. And since there's technically six different routes through the game with the three playable characters and one split around week four you know people might be more have more motivation to actually see all the content the game has to offer unlike me who i'm going to finish that one route i started and probably never pick the game up back again
1: that's a really good point i don't have time to play long games exactly you never want to have to sit there with an (laughs) 80
0: hour game and say oh i have to play this for 160 hours but if the game is like 20 hours the first time and new game plus makes it five the second it's a lot easier to swallow
1: anyway take it
0: away with the characters
1: Um, okay, so my my kind of bone to pick with the three playable characters is um the saber that you were given is not uh the saber from the Fates Day Night series. It is known among the fan base as Red Saber. Um and she's effectively just a recolor of the existing saber character who who usually wears blue. Um so I won't I guess I won't say their their historical secret identities for the sake of people listening, but um Red Saber is literally just like the same face hairstyle. uh, And like, it's just a recolor and she has bigger boobs and she's a see-through dress. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And here's the thing is, um, I understand why they did it, but I don't really enjoy that they did it. Um, the reason I think they did it is because Saber's character design sells them or like sells things. Obviously. (laughs) Um, and it, it sold me the game because I was like, okay, well here's like a Saber like thing. Um, and I walked in and found something completely different. Um, so I played the Saber route um, when I was I playing I played this the game. Archer route. And here's the thing is, for the caster, they created an entirely new character to the franchise. Um, and for Archer, they used pretty much the same exact character. Yeah. Right?
0: I found no reason to um, doubt that he is who he is in the show.
1: Right. So for for Red Saber... um. I feel like they tried to do both things at the same time and it ended up just not really delivering on either. Um, because the character herself, if, if I ignore her appearance, uh, she's a pretty interesting character. Like she's fun to talk to. Um, she's, she's not what you expect, right? She's nothing. Her personality is nothing like the, like blue sabers personality, um, which I'm fine with. Um, it's just, I feel like it was just a lazy move because we have an instance where they could have just given us the existing one, and then we have an instance where they created an entirely new character. And I almost would have rather seen Red Saber just as a different looking yeah, character. I think if Red um,
0: Saber just, still a Saber, still in red for crying out loud, but just not. Still the same historical blue figure. Blue Saber's like, outfit and having yeah. Blue Saber's face. It,
1: yeah, I, I like. Other like the, <laughs> I feel like that holds it her does, back. It does. a lot from and, becoming and, her own character. Like
0: that said, most of the character designs in this game, though there are a few others that are you know literally copy pasted from an earlier game in the series. Um, the one of the uh, lancers that's around and and their master literally from a different game. Most of these right, character right, designs but, are actually new and interesting.
1: Right, but that's the thing: is the the original character designs are sort of there to make it feel familiar, right? Like when you see Lancer. You're like, oh, that's yeah. the answer that I know. When you see Archer, expect. you're like, oh, yeah. I know that guy, but, right? And when you see um, when you see the new characters, you're like, whoa, here's this all new character. And and when I see when I see Red Saber, I, I kind of just feel ripped off a little bit. You know
0: what? I can definitely understand that. So
1: yeah, um,
0: if you could redesign Red Saber's outfit and appearance, what would you have Red Saber look like?
1: Ooh, this is a tricky one. Um,
0: so <laughs> what they don't pay me for to ask the tricky questions.
1: <laughs> oh jeez, um, this is gonna be this is kind of a weird okay. thing, um, but I might actually have her wear less clothing, which which is not normally something that I, mean, I would go out of my be, way to say to fair, about a game. She's
0: wearing like a poofy, almost wedding dress poofy dress, so less clothing could still be extraordinarily practical.
1: <laughs> right. Um. I I think um. So her personality is very uh sort of self-absorbed and like gung-ho whereas uh blue saber's personality is sort of more like calm uh like internally prideful um so your typical red oni blue oni situation um so the 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 whole like big covering dress thing really works with blue saber because i think that suits her personality pretty well um and with red saber um Again, they kind of just went halfway where, like, the front part of her dress is see through. Um, so you're constantly getting a panty shot, which is actually not a panty shot. She's actually wearing a leotard. <laughs> Fun facts. Um, but she sort of, like, prides herself on showing off her body, but, um, because she she, she kind of has that outgoing thing. So I'd, I'd like, if I was going to redesign her, I might put her in something more along the lines of, um, Mordred Saber's outfit, where she's got like um, she's got like hot pants and like a crop top or something like that, or like or like just shorts or something. Um, just like the the big ballroom gown like reflects sort of her nobility, but it doesn't really reflect her personality. I would actually,
0: much. I don't know if I would go quite the reveal. I wouldn't I, go I would, all would, the like, way go, uh, strictly for revealing more more of her body, though. I understand like your motivation there. I think I would actually try to get something more relevant to the time period that she's from
1: and, um, and you, yeah. could, you could do that
0: and end up like at least showing like one shoulder
1: i think they kind of address that uh, a little bit um in fate extella okay actually. i haven't played much of fate extella um, yet so i they do address that um and they, they they do make a more of an effort to sort of differentiate her and i think her i think her like aesthetic representation in that game uh, improves a little bit because there's some like form changes, so she kind of comes into her own a little yeah. bit more in that series. But, um, so yeah, some stuff like that, yeah, definitely the historical thing because she comes from such a culturally um distinctive yeah. time period, and one
0: so. where you could definitely base an athletic outfit off of the time period, um, oh, without absolutely. having to kind of do anything weird with it, yeah. Uh, and I don't think I can be more yes. specific without revealing the time period and therefore spoilers uh for people who might care um mm-hmm. but yeah do you have any other uh thoughts on Fate extra before we wrap this up
1: hmm not off the top of my head i don't think so um really the cast of characters in this game is good um i think that um i think that they sort of recognized that the characters are sort of the draw of because the, the lore is a mess so um, but the characters are good <laughs> the lore is a it's nasu verse writing the, Nasu's not known for consistent writing but their character designs are very good and i think they kind of recognize that um because of the fate grand order yeah. mobile game um so that's sort of like um an example where we see that they they sacrificed like the the story narrative elements, but they kind of capitalized on their character design assets, um, and that's something I was kind of hoping to see from Fate where was just like more characters. Like they there is a healthy amount of characters in just that to, game, but just to was, pause in case yeah. anyone
0: listening doesn't know what Fate Stella is because we brought up a few times. Uh, Fate Stella oh, is a recently re- released. Uh, hack and slash game very similar to the muso series of games you know dynasty warriors and the like um where you play as there's what 12 or how many, 16, 16 different servants but you really um, really it's three yeah there's three main characters in the, and then a bunch of side ones and it's a continuation of the story in fade extra with a completely different style where it's still like a mix of visual novel and something else but the something else is running around slashing things and capturing bases
1: that's a, that's a talk that, for another that day. That would be a talk for
0: another day. But I, I just want to clear that up since yeah. it was referenced. All right, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, uh, just to kind of sum this up. Uh, fit Extra. You know, all right game. Great character design. Great soundtrack. Weird combat system. I would try to improve the game by gutting most of it and making the game more of a, a mystery adventure. Where you have to figure out how to do the fight at the end. And Jake would change the combat system to be more reactive and having to learn from visual cues and also learning about uh the servants into more detail so you cannot play them off in the same way towards the end sound right jake yep sounds well, about right to me i think either one of those would have made a game i would have been more happy to play uh absolutely but you know i guess maybe we could have fixed that one
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that game could have been saved yeah i absolutely agree with you
0: all right, well, Jake, thank you for joining me. Uh, oh, thank you so much this for is having a me. Good start to the podcast. Um, the next episode is not yet set in stone, but it will be hopefully coming soon.
1: Awesome. Bye. Take care. The Maybe
0: We Can Fix This podcast is produced by me, Morgan Le Fay. Theme music is by Incredible Unbelievable, and logo design is by Juliana Wheel. You can find some of my writings at morganemily.blog and you can follow me on Twitter at MorganThePlay. Thank you for listening.